Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Again, we can at the end of the season we can assess how whether it was how disappointing it was based on where we wind up. It's not worth every ten days, two weeks to say I'm, I'm disappointed or I'm not. We know what we have to do ahead of us, and hopefully it starts tonight. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine, until eleven o'clock. That was Rick Hahn back on July fourth talking about White Sox fans anticipating the trade deadline, not getting upset and reacting and overreacting every 10 days or two weeks. 10 days or two weeks? That's a patient Sox fan. I'd say 10 hours every Sox fan wants to feel triggered about something because of what's ahead and how disappointing the season has become. Let's go out to the SCORE guest hotline presented by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and that's where we find fine sports journalist Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Good morning, Bob. Welcome to the program. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks, David. Thanks, Bruce. So, obviously, Bob, the White Sox are where they are, 17 games below 500, and you do have as good of a sense of what to expect as anybody who covers baseball and certainly the White Sox. So as we sit here today and you look around the league and what the next two weeks will bring, because of how wide the gap is between the Sox talent potential and production and where they are in the standings, will there be a team that's any more active than the White Sox before the trade deadline? Well, I put the White Sox and the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, both disappointing teams, you know, probably even more the Cardinals. They were heavy, heavy favorites to win the NL Central. But, yeah, both those teams are going to have plenty of pitching to, uh, you know, trade off. So, yeah, I think the uh, – I know the phone's already ringing uh, in Rick Hahn's office for, uh, you know, trying to get trying to get their starting pitchers and a couple some bullpen help. And always, you know, the complaint from other teams, always the price tag is too high. But everybody always says that, and the price tag drops, you know, right around the trade deadline, and, and then things get, start happening. When you look at the White Sox, Bob, and you look at Dylan Cease with a, another year remaining on a contract, what would you have to get for a Dylan Cease if you were the White Sox? Uh, obviously, you do not have to trade him, but giving another team the opportunity to have him for two playoff runs would certainly give you another top prospect at the least in a deal for him. What would you say the viability is of, of him being traded? All we're hearing mostly is about Giolito and Lynn, uh, you know, two guys that are obvious because they're 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 going to be uh, out there in the free agency. So, from the perspective of the White Sox, what would you say the feasibility is of trading a Dylan Cease? 
I just can't I, I can't see uh, dealing cease. I mean, if you want to be, you know, uh, contending in 2024, you got to have that guy in your staff. I mean, as a, a Cy Young candidate, you got all the talent in the world. Uh, I think if they wanted to, it'd make more sense to deal a, a Michael Kopech than, than a cease. But I just think cease is too valuable. And, uh, you know, how many of these trades we see that uh, they got all these prospects, none of them, you know, turn out. Uh, you know, look at, you know, when there was a Dimeback straightaway Paul Goldsmith, you know, that was a, a complete bust. Uh, that what Baltimore got from Manny Machado, you know, nothing. But yeah, a lot of these times, you know, it you know, looks good on paper, but, but these guys just uh, don't cut it. So I don't think you're going to get a fair return uh, for Dylan Cease, no matter what someone gives you. The one guy most likely to be dealt, and I, I, I suppose we only, only because we've heard more recently of rumors about Lucas Giolito, I think Lance Lynn probably is in the similar category. But it, to help understand, I think, where he may be headed, it helps to understand what the teams might be offering or how, many, how rich their system is with prospects uh, w- with the potential suitors, the Cincinnati Reds, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Maybe there are other teams in there. But, but when you look at the Reds and the Dodgers, Bob, Obviously, we always assume that the Dodgers have tons of prospects. I don't know as much about the red system, frankly, and I wonder if you could compare and contrast the possibilities of those two teams getting in on Giolito specifically. Yeah, and I would throw in, uh, David, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, the Texas Rangers. Uh, I mean, every, every team, I think, is going to be in on Lucas Giolito. Right? Most teams being Lance Lynn, too. Uh, Lance Lynn's asking price is pretty high, but you do have an option on him for next year. Uh, Giolito, I mean, should get some teams, certainly a, a, a top five prospect from a team, maybe two of the top seven. And the Dodgers are loaded. I mean, they got so, so many prospects. Uh, the guy to get would be the, uh, the catcher, Cartagena, who uh, a lot of scouts think is, you know, going to be the next day, uh, Mike Piazza, just a great catcher. And, uh, and the Dodgers don't need them. They got an all-star catcher, Will Smith. So, and they got, you know, five guys at double A that scouts say, you know what, they're going to be uh, in starting rotations here in the next year, year and a half. So, yeah, if you want to trade with anybody, it's the Dodgers because they're just loaded. Bob Nightingale from USA Today joining uh, David Haw and myself, Bruce Levine. We're here with you every week talking baseball and inside the clubhouse Saturday mornings, 9 to 11. Bob, um, it's for me, it's not if, it's when Marcus Stroman is traded by the Chicago Cubs. What's your take on the Stroman situation? And is there is there any way other than signing him to a four- or five-year extension right now that the Cubs are going to be able to hold on to a Stroman through the deadline? No, I would think that, you know, if you don't reach an agreement and, you know, it sounds like they're, you know, not really even talking, but, yeah, you might as well deal him because he's already said he's going to hit uh, free agency. He's going to uh, take the uh, take that opt-out and run with it. Uh, you know, the team that Houston, too, is the team he was signed with, the San Francisco Giants. You know, that would be a great spot for him. But really, you know, same thing as Giolito. I, I think he'll have 10 teams or so, you know, calling the Cubs about, Stroman, he's having a you know fabulous year, uh, great competitor. You know, loves the uh, loves the big stage. Uh, you know, there's a reason why he's always excels in the WBC and things like that. So, you know, I, I think of the, all the pitchers out there. You know, I think he's a surest bet just because uh, he's not going to falter in the big moment. He really isn't. 
Just to follow up on that, Bob, for a moment. So here we are sitting here Saturday morning, July 15th. The Cubs are six games under and seven games out in a division that, let's face it, is, is as winnable as any besides the AL Central. And I just wonder if the Cubs are five games or fewer, within five games or fewer of, of the division lead, and we're there the final weekend or so, the final few days, can you envision them still being in selling mode and dealing Marcus Stroman if they are within striking distance of the division lead with a schedule? You know, they have a, they, they begin the all, post-All-Star break schedule with 10 games at home and then two games against the White Sox in Chicago. They don't leave town until close to the trade deadline. Is it conceivable that they could be within striking distance and still sell off with Marcus Stroman? Well, I think, yeah, if they're within four games, maybe even five, that, I think it's almost impossible to uh, to sell him off. I really do. Uh, you, just, you know, I mean, people talk about the white flag sale with the White Sox a long yeah. time ago, and they had no chance of making the playoffs, but people are still upset about it. Uh, yeah, if you're within four or five games, you know, Coach fans will go nuts. Yeah, if you trade them and give up, you know, like you said, it's a winnable division. I still think the, the, the Brewers win this thing. I, you know, the Reds just don't have the pitching. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, if, if the Brewers stumble the gates, and the uh, and the Reds do too, uh, yeah. Particularly the Brewers, you know, why not keep it together? And then even offsides a free agent. All right, at least you get a uh, you know compensation from as a draft pick, and say you know what, we had we had a good run with them. There's a twenty-five million dollar option on a uh, mutual option on Cody Bellinger's contract in two thousand and twenty-four. Does he get traded by the deadline, or the, the the Cubs roll the dice and say, well, we he might stay with us uh, next year, we might extend him, or do you have to get optimum amount for a player that's been pretty hot and uh, continues to be hot with a couple home runs yesterday? I, I would trade him and get the optimal for him. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, nobody nobody won him during the winter. I think the uh, Rockies, you know, look after him. Uh, and, you know, the Dodgers, they do things right. I mean, you know, the, that front office, I don't think anyone does a better job. And they give him every chance in the world and say, you know what, he's not worth a qualifying offer. We just don't think he can do anymore. So I think if you're the Cubs, you say, you know what, let's take advantage of it. He got hot. Uh, the signing was worth it and get something for him now. Uh, you know, maybe it's even a thing where you keep Stroman and, and deal uh, Bellinger. Uh, you know, Bellinger's going to get about the qualifying offer next year, about $20 million. Uh, I, but I, I don't think you sign him back for $25 million. So, Bob, obviously you cover the league, and the biggest story about the trade deadline pertains what is going to be next with Shohei Otani. Will the Angels – entertain offers and it seems to in indications are they will even though that's that just means they'll they'll listen but i just wonder what you think the chances are they actually deal him uh there's a small list of teams that could probably afford him and and be able to to pull off some that that type of a trade it would be a blockbuster deal what is the latest on shohei otani yeah I, i just can't see him being traded because the angels don't want to uh keep him as a free agent. Uh, I think they, you know, got to listen and say, okay, at the, uh, by August 1st, you know, tell the owner, Artie Marina, okay, this is what we can get for Otani. You know, we get a, you know, a two of the team's top five prospects, something like that. But, you know, the, uh, you know, the one thing people forget about is he makes the angels a lot of money. So if you trade Otani, there goes $10 million out the window uh, right there. 
uh, tennis is going to plummet. Uh, and, you know, we talked about, you know, Harry Frazee, the uh, old Red Sox owner who traded away Babe Ruth. Artie Moreno doesn't want that on his tombstone either. Uh, I, I just think too valuable. And, you know, once he's gone, he's gone forever. Remember when the Red Sox did that with John Lester, traded him to Oakland, and they said, well, we'll get him back as a free agent. And Lester says he would have stayed probably with the Red Sox, but he found out, hey, life's okay outside Boston. I can do this. And, of course, you know, sign, sign with the Cubs instead of the Red Sox. Bob, my last question to you is the White Sox front office. Do you see changes uh, happening uh, after 2023? Do you think either Ken Williams or Rick Hahn are no longer with the Chicago White Sox? Uh, one, uh, do they actually want to leave themselves? You know, does Jerry Reinsdorf want them to stay? What's your take on it? I don't think uh, Ken Williams goes anywhere. I think they're still, uh, well, both of them, I think they're in the contract. But I, I don't know how much longer, you know, Ken Williams is going to stay in, in, in baseball. Uh, and he's going to do organization for so long. And, you know, pretty much now he's, you know, more of the, uh, you know, present-type duties, you know, dealing with all, all things and not the day-to-day operations like, like Rick Hahn is. And I think with Rick Hahn, it's a coin flip. I mean, uh, a lot of front offices say, well, something's got to change there. You know, you can't live off 2005 forever. But everybody knows how loyal Jerry Reinsdorf is, too. And if you're going to, you know, trust the uh, front office with the uh, with the draft, uh, with making the trades, the trade deadline, they want, you know, you keep your trust in them. So I, I, I think you go either way. Before we let you go, Bob, I want to get your perspective because we're always looking for historical comps. And, you know, the Cubs are in the NL Central. And the NL Central, the, the biggest surprise, not only in the division, but in Major League Baseball, the Cincinnati Reds. Ellie De La Cruz is the most exciting player in baseball the first half of the season, and he's been here a month. <laughs> and I just wonder, when you watch him play, how do you describe it to people, and who does he remind you of? Yeah, I mean, he's got to sustain it. Uh, you know, I was at the All-Star game. I was talking to Eric Davis about him. You know, guys just say, hey, Eric Davis, he, he reminds you of him, uh, of you, uh, which he kind of agreed. I mean, you know, uh, Davis had all the uh, grace and athleticism in the role, too. Uh, one, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to adjust, and uh, and we'll see. But, but he's certainly fun to watch. Uh, you know, I remember when I was covering the uh, Kansas City Royals and Bo Jackson broke in. Uh, it was a, it was a blast. You never knew what you could get from one night to the next, and you couldn't not write enough stuff about Bo Jackson. And I think the same thing in Cincinnati. Just even if he takes over four strikes out four times, it's just fun to watch. You don't want to uh, walk away when uh, when he's at bat, or even the field makes a great play. That's a great memory. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate your time and insight. As always, we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Sounds good. Thanks, David. Thanks, Bruce. Bob Nightingale, USA Today's baseball insider. Certainly a lot of thoughts on the White Sox, Bruce. Interesting answer to your question about the future of the front office because I think that there might be a split of split opinion on, on certain among certain people who cover the team about what's next for the front office. I don't know how you separate Kenny Williams from Rick Hahn, but maybe you can. I, I'm curious, you asked him that question. I would turn it around and ask you because as much as anybody in town, Bob's plugged in, he's a national reporter, but as, as much as anybody in town, you're familiar with the White Sox inner workings. What do you expect? Well, I'll, I'll pre- preface my answer by saying – you couldn't find two more disappointed guys in baseball than 
Rick Hahn and Ken Williams, okay? <clears throat> totally frustrated by the fact that they thought they had put together a really outstanding team with really good pitching, really good starting pitching, a really deep bullpen, and uh, position players that were capable of hitting 250 home runs as a team. And what you've gotten is a bunch of injuries. You've gotten a bunch of guys that have underperformed, and you've gotten uh, disappointing years from just about every single player on that team. You Name me a player other than Jake Berger that has <clears throat> outperformed expectations. Certainly Robert is where people think as far as a superstar goes. But other than Berger, who has outperformed or performed to the level of expectations on the Chicago White Sox this year? Can't do it. it it's impossible. Okay. It, I don't, that I don't. said, that said, okay, David, that mm -hmm. said, then is it the front office's uh, fault for overestimating guys? Or is it simply a fix of trying to move out the guys that are not team players, that are, that are the guys that haven't performed well with this group and uh, <clears throat> trying to re-energize this team to being competitive again. I, I the, the problem I have is I just don't see the starting pitching being there, okay, to make a run next year. When Bob said, well, you know, you can't trade Cease because, you know, if you're, you're going for trying to win in 24. Well, if the White Sox make the right moves here, uh, maybe 24 isn't the year. Maybe it's 25, 26 with a different mix of uh, my, of minor leaguers and major leaguers that you acquire. Um, so from that perspective, does Jerry Reinsdorf have total belief in his front office moving forward that they can be the guys for the future? That, that's that's going to be the, just, the question that needs to be answered. It's a question, but I just don't have any other – I just don't know how the answer could be yes. I, I just don't know how you can look at what's happened with the White Sox and have any degree of confidence or faith that the same people that put you in this predicament are going to be able to get you out of it. And I understand loyalty, but I think that at some point in time, there's a loyalty to the fan base to do the right thing and to hold people accountable. And Bruce, we have had, you know, in Chicago all week long, a pretty exhaustive and exhausting conversation about accountability and what it means, and we're looking at Northwestern athletics, and that's just the latest example. But when you're talking about accountability in professional sports, there's even a, a, a shorter patience level, and, and I think that an even more sense of urgency, a higher sense of urgency that you can apply here. And with the White Sox, patience has run out. I don't know how you can conclude after looking at this that you're going to rebuild and use the same architect. I just wouldn't think that's wise, but it is possible. And I think that the way that you described it is, I think, accurate based on your experience covering this franchise and this ownership group. Yeah, look, I don't think uh, as baseball people um, that Jerry Reinsdorf thinks either executive is bad. But as, as the owner of the team, as the chairman, rather, of the team, he has to look at the, the long-term situation, sit down with both guys and say, what do you think the future is of our franchise? Where are we going from here? What do you see yourself as and, and your role in being a White Sox 
top executive for the next year and the year after and the year after that? What is your vision after this has failed over the last two years? I just think there are some real creative solutions out there if you choose to look for them or try to find them. I think, obviously, the dream scenario that we've talked about, and it may be nothing more than a sports talk radio topic of conversation, but Theo Epstein is looking for a third act. I think you look at the Miami Marlins, a very uh, interesting team and and organization that has had a a resurgent first half of the 2023 season, and Kim Inge is the general manager, and she has a background that began, her career began in Chicago with the White Sox under Ron Schuler. There are other possibilities you could explore and other options you could consider that to me would do one thing uh, and restore the one thing that I think is missing as much as credibility on the South side, and that is hope, and that is promise, and that is something that has been in short supply, and it's been too long for a fan base that's fed up and frustrated, and I think you got to give them something to believe in, and I think they don't have anything right now. You know, it, we live in a finger-pointing era that it has to be someone's fault. It's always got to be someone that we can totally blame. One person, you know, has brought down a program. You look at the Northwestern situation and you go, you know, is it possible that that the, the coach was the, 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 the whole problem there? Or is there still an underlying uh, culture in college sports that we are still missing the point of here. And, and then you, you move to uh, a situation with the White Sox. Is it Han's fault? Is it Williams' fault? Is it a collective fault? Last year it was Tony La Russa. Get rid of La Russa. Our problem is solved, okay? We have the talent here. He's messed it up totally. So therefore, he was sick, he was old, he was the wrong guy. So now we still have the talent. We will move on with a new manager. And the situation has gotten worse. I don't think Pedro Grafal is a bad manager. I just think that this group has proved over a two-year period that they're not good chemistry working together for them. And they, they need to, to come up with better ideas and better players for what will be the future of the Chicago White Sox. 312-644-6767. What do you think the future holds for the Chicago White Sox? Who will it include? Who will it not include? We'll talk about that moving forward. Also, Bruce, I want to follow up. You had a great idea about Garrett Crochet. There's another relatively young pitcher still in the White Sox organization that I want to know what you think about my idea for his future moving forward. We'll talk about it next. It's inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. If you're the White Sox, this is just nightmare fuel right now. Kopech cannot find the zone, and the one pitch that he does is obliterated. Peter said you felt good. I guess that's an important point, but you, you did feel good physically overall. Yeah, physically I feel good. Yeah. Obviously, I wanted to go out there and take what I felt physically and have some results with it, but there's a positive takeaway for me. I felt physically good and just erratic. Tough way to come back. Mechanics, mechanically, is that is that the biggest? I mean, we'll take a look at that for sure. I'm sure that there were some things I needed to clean up, but right now, I just you know, wasn't executing, wasn't consistent. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. The score: David Hall, Bruce Levine, until eleven o'clock. Michael Kopech last night. You heard the home run he gave up to Matt Olson, the grand slam in the first inning. Bruce, two thirds of an inning. First start and since June 27th, more of the same inconsistency, more of the same just erratic command. Over his past four starts, 20 walks, only 12 strikeouts, 10 earned runs in 13 innings. And as is documented on WhiteSox.com by Scott Merkin, could not have been easy for him to type. Of Michael Kopech's last 328 pitches in that stretch, he's only thrown 170 strikes. Bruce, so I ask you this. He's 27 years old, Michael Kopech. We've seen 50 major league starts. As you reimagine the future of the Chicago White Sox, number one, is Michael Kopech part of that? And secondly, if he is, is he better suited as a relief pitcher? Yes. The answer is yes. It's uh, something that I stated from the beginning when I watched him come through uh, getting drafted or getting traded for and coming through the system that he had this dynamic power arm and uh at that time if you remember he was throwing the ball on the sidelines 103 104 miles an hour uh from flat ground so uh, he doesn't throw 100 anymore which is good okay because to michael kopech's credit with with a leg injury and some arm issues he has learned how to pitch he has a good breaking ball he has an a semblance an idea of pitching but it would be much easier with uh, Liam Hendricks in a walk year uh, at this point to say, Michael Kopech, you are now the closer for the Chicago White Sox, okay? We are only going to ask you to throw two pitches, your fastball, your slider, thank you very much, your cutter, your slider, whatever you want to use, and we're going to only have you pitch three times a week because you're going to be our closer. Maybe four times a week, depends on the week. But from my perspective, that's who he's always been, 
and uh, you know that might be mentally a more uh, efficient and stimulating position yeah. for Michael Kopech. Uh, okay, I'm going to say something now and ask you a question that might cause you to call me mean for the second time in this program. But uh, you're always mean. Michael Kopech, no question, has the stuff to fill the role that you just described. He has the, the, the pitch velocity. He's got the nasty, filthy stuff on occasion. From the shoulders up, though, Bruce, would you trust Michael Kopech to be your closer? So is he smart enough to close a game out? Not smart enough. You have to be able to have a short memory. You have to be able to attack people. You have yeah. to be able to have this, this mental toughness yeah, that yeah. all I, great I, closers have. I believe there is a warrior inside of Michael Kopech. I don't think. I don't think. To your point, I understand what you're saying. We, ha, you, you haven't necessarily seen that guy because of injury, because of tentativeness, uh, not feeling himself like he was when we first took a look at him and he was throwing 100 miles an hour. Um, he has grown as a pitcher. I, I think. Again, your impression of the fact that he just doesn't look like he's in total charge of his games out there is predicated on the fact that he hasn't built up enough innings as a starter, and he has had to deal with injury to pitch around that while he's on the mound. If you remember the whole second half last year, he pitched with a knee injury and, and, and at times pitched really well. I think that helped mature him as a uh, major league pitcher. But to me, you get him... 100%, you get his legs back under him in 2024, and if Hendricks is not a part of your Mitch as a mix as your closer, that's your closer, okay? I, I don't hate the idea, Bruce. I think it's got a lot of merit potentially moving forward and it's a good use of his talents. Okay, so I want to make sure we get to uh, th this soundbite because I want your opinion on it, and I have wanted it for a couple of days since Ozzie Guillen appeared uh, on the program Wednesday, the Mullen Haw Show. So from one enigma to another, from Michael Kopech to Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, to me, as much as any player on the south side, symbolizes the disappointment of 2023 because he's not been the same player the past calendar year that he had been previously in his career. And, I, and there are a lot of reasons that might contribute to that. Injuries are near the top of that list. But also, they keep putting him in a position to, I don't think, succeed. He's still at the top of the batting order. And Ozzie Guillen who is fearless and also one of the smartest baseball guys in town, asked this question about whether or not the White Sox might be afraid of T.A. Let me be honest with you. Why you have to wait for the guys to tell you move him down? I will myself. I do it like they say, listen, that's the way you're going to do it. If you don't like it, okay, brother, you know what? Sorry. Tell me why I should keep you batting second. You tell me the reason, then I might react. But when the way you play like now, the way, they, they're scared of T.A. They are. They are scared of T.A. They panic of T.A. T.A. is a great kid. It, by the way, this is a fact, and I know this. Like a lot of people talk to me stuff. This guy is the one go to work to the White Sox. I don't know now. Is the guy go there and play to win the game? Nowadays, I don't know. But back back in the days, yes, that guy worry care. He wouldn't be the swag. He wouldn't be the glue of the ball club. Yes, for some reason, it happened right now. But I, I said, why you have to wait to TA to tell you or to say, hey, you went down to batting seven. I always like say, I say, I like him to hit batting fit, even when he was lead the league in hitting. 
Why? Because I think she is a great RBI man. You take a lot of things out of his mind. And I, it's no doubt I'm moving him out of there. Ozzie Guillen on Tim Anderson. What do you think, Bruce? Well, when he hit 300, his on-base percentage was somewhere 340 or so because he never walks, right? When right. you hit 230, your on-base percentage is going to be among the worst in baseball. I'm sure his is right at the bottom for guys that have enough plate appearances. That said, Ozzie's, Ozzie's thoughts are 100%. It's like put him further down in the lineup, put him fifth, sixth, seventh, let him drive in runs. He still has the hit tool. That's the only way he's going to be getting on base. And let him relax down there. Don't put, don't let him put any more pressure on himself that he's got to get on base. Let him just uh, do what he does best. He's a natural hitter. The guy is a natural 300 hitter. You can't say that about too many players in Major League Baseball. Right now, he is a 230 hitter who is not helping himself or the team at all batting in the top of the order. So I agree with Ozzy. Move him down. There's no – this isn't uh, – it's not rookie ball. It's not the Arizona Fall League. You're in the business of results. That's where the results would be best, in my opinion. I agree with Ozzy right now. A 262 on-base percentage is not something that should be at the top of any batting order. Bruce, 30 seconds before we break and move to Cubs in the, our final segment, do you think Tim Anderson, even though he has low trade value, will be traded? I don't, just because of what you said. There's no reason to trade Tim Anderson if you're not getting optimum amount back. And what general manager right now is not going to say, what the hell happened to Tim Anderson? Why doesn't he hit? What's wrong with him? Is he physically wrong? Is it mentally? Is there something going on there? You have to do an awful lot of homework if you're a GM to find out what's going on with Tim Anderson and when that will change back to being the 300 hitter the guy that played with joy, the guy that was a leader on the team on the field. Where uh, where will that guy rise up again? Where is that player at? And uh, what are we going to trade uh, rolling the dice on when that is going to happen again? You're going to go to the Windy City Smokeout? Okay, go ahead. But we're ready for the Stroh Show. And it's right here on the score this afternoon. We will talk about the Cubs and the Red Sox at Wrigley and what's ahead in the next phase of the Cubs schedule. Can they take advantage of that? We'll close inside the clubhouse with that segment when we come back. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. 
I mean, just how much we've competed late in games, how much um, the bats have gone, how many rallies we put together late in games, I think has been huge. I feel like things are kind of starting to turn away, even though we didn't come out with a W today. Um, I feel like we're starting to take a turn in the right direction. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine. That was Marcus Stroman. He's right. Cubs have to take advantage. Three against the Red Sox at home. Three against the Nationals at home. Four against the Cardinals at home. Two against the White Sox on the south side. My goodness, they don't leave town until they go to St. Louis to play four against the Cardinals. That's your pre-trade deadline schedule for the Cubs, Bruce. That's an invitation to succeed. Marcus Stroman needs to be the ace today that he is. Justin Steele needs to be the all-star tomorrow that he is. And the Cubs have to win this series. It's as simple as that. If they want to convince Jed Hoyer what to do, now is the time to start doing that. Yeah, and you know, you, you, some really good points, David. And the fact that uh, let's say they beat Washington or let's say they, they with Washington and St. Louis, they split those games. That's not proving anything to Jed Hoyer, okay? What he wants to see is that his team can compete against the better teams, okay? That would be a better gauge to be able to judge what your talent is capable of moving forward this year. Is this a good team? Did we lose Bruce there, Sean, a little bit? Asking a good question, is this a good team? My curiosity surrounds what this good team will do once Dansby Swanson returns to the lineup. Nico Horner can play a very solid shortstop. We know what he offers. Christopher Morell, probably his best position is second base. We've seen that. When Nico Horner moves back to second base, if Dansby Swanson returns as early as tomorrow, I believe, then what with Morell? I like the idea of him at third base. I think that he's got to be a guy that is in the lineup every day, and you lack power at the first base position. You lack power at third base. Christopher Morell in 162 major league games has 31 home runs. That's a power bat that you can't afford to be on the bench. So hopefully when Swanson comes back, Morell stays in the lineup somewhere. And Marcus Stroman today goes against James Paxson for the Red Sox. Pre-game right here on the score at 1245 with Gabe Ramirez. And building a bridge to Gabe Ramirez is the great Mark Grody, who will succeed us after we end up talking about the Cubs here, Bruce. Yeah, and uh, it's always a, a great listen with Mark on the show. Where's Rosie? Vacation or what's what's going on? Not sure. I don't know. Okay. I'm, Grody is like, I, as I said, he's he's the khaki pants of the score. Many versatile yeah. uses, many different ways. I'm not yeah, quite yeah. sure. Yes, indeed. Check, check. Uh, Marcus Stroman might be making his uh, second or third to the last start for the Chicago Cubs. You have him today. You have him five days from now, ten days from now. And then after that... I- David, um, that might that might be it. He might be pitching for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays up in, in Canada um, after that. That is the reality of the situation facing the Chicago Cubs right now. And again, let's look at from the perspective of if you trade Marcus Stroman, what you get back, can you still be a competitive team and still be able to do what you're thinking you're doing. In other words, do you get a major league pitcher off of that roster that you trade him to that goes right into the slot that's more controllable for the next three or four years? Is that the type of trade you make rather than the uh, obvious um, media reaction? Well, you get prospects back. 
prospects don't necessarily have to be someone in the minor leagues. It can be somebody that's competing right now at the major league level. So that's something that people should keep their eyes open to. Good point, Bruce. Stroman goes today against the Red Sox. A lot of conversation, speculation will surround him with every start that he makes for the Cubs. Tomorrow, Justin Steele goes to the mound, coming off his all-star performance and scoreless inning in Seattle for the National League. And I think that, indulge me for a moment here, Bruce, but Justin Steele has succeeded this season in spite of guys like Mark Grody who have expected him not to. And Grody joins us now to explain his flip-flop. Are you a believer now in Justin Steele, Mark Grody, or are you still maintaining the stance that maybe he's not the guy? Do I have a choice now, Paul? I mean, I've been scolded. I've been admonished. You don't even know. I was punched in the face at one point in time. So by, I think it was Chris Ranji. So I, I think I have no choice. I, feel, I almost feel like, and I'm thinking about this, I almost feel like I need to make a visit to the Cubs clubhouse to make my full amends to Justin Fields and to the, the rest of the listeners and apparently to Dave, <laughs> David Haw. And I wouldn't mind doing that, getting in there on, uh, during when did, the – When did the Bears trade Justin Fields to the Cubs? <laughs> that's, that, that's, you just said you're going to make a – you're going to apologize to Justin Fields. So. Did I really? Brody, yes, Brody, you did. Brody, oh, my God, Justin <laughs> – you can't even pay the man the respect of having his name correctly. <laughs> that is funny. I had no Please idea. Please call him Justin Fields. Oh, Please do it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, maybe uh, I need to apologize to Justin Fields, too. I think everybody's going to need to apologize to Justin Fields if he has the 4,000-yard season I, that Haw predicted well, yesterday. You know what, Mark? I think you need to apologize for the next uh, three hours. <laughs> Luckily, I heard you guys talking about my guy Rosenblum. I, I, here's the thing with Rosenblum. He, he refuses to do short shows. Like, this show is only going to go up until uh, Cubs pregame at 1245 with my guy Gabe Ramirez, Pat, and Zach on the call. But that's just part of his contract. He won't do it. And so I have to schlep I it in see here. that contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? all right. Don't we all? All right, Grody, you go prepare and practice your names. We'll close things up here. Thanks for jumping on. Bye, guys. Mark Grody, he, he will uh, be on shortly. Building a bridge to Cubs baseball right here on the Cubs Xfinity uh, and the Cubs radio network at 1245, the pregame show with Gabe Ramirez. Bruce, great show today. Thanks for getting Bob Nightingale lined up. We have to thank him. Thank you, Sean Sears, for doing a great job in the studio. And thank you, Bruce, for just bringing all of your insight and attitude. David, it was great having you back on the show after much-needed uh, R&R. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website, 670thescore.com, where I'll have a story about Strowman after the game and what teams are already interested in Marcus Strowman. That's a tease. I look forward to that. I also look forward to seeing you on the Marquee Sports Network. Thank you for listening. Grody time is next here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Check your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.